0: Today, we're addressing a topic that is both hard to admit and tends to spread its tentacles into every facet of our lives. This evil villain wants to steal your joy and really comes out in our anxiety. Today, we're talking about insecurity. Dum, dum, dum. Let's see what we can do to break loose from insecurity's control and get back on a path of joy. Let's get trying. (laughs) Welcome to this episode of the Anxious Pastor Podcast, a podcast where our purpose is to engage those of us who struggle with anxiety to keep trying and remember that we're not alone. We would love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so that you can get new episodes every other Wednesday and join us on this journey of living an anxious, free life. Also, if you wouldn't mind to review, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family, we'd greatly appreciate it. In today's episode, we'll discuss a bag that we like to carry around as individuals that's filled with negative thoughts. These thoughts tend to fight against our God-given purpose and identity. Some of those thoughts found in this bag are thoughts like, you're a failure, you're boring, you should be ashamed of yourself, you're ugly, you'll never become anyone, and you'll never find someone who loves you. This bag is the bag of insecurity. And our friend, Anxiety, loves to open it up and share all of those thoughts with us when we're struggling. Whether your insecurity keeps you from joy or just makes you lash out at people, today we'll take a look at some of the causes of insecurity and several methods that might help us toss the bag in the trash or at least take it out of the hands of anxiety. I want to give you a little context for the story that I'm about to tell if if you've listened to episode 000, The Anxious Pastor, then you'll remember that my childhood was ridden with bullying and being made fun of. Now, this was such a pivotal time for me and has been probably the root cause of my anxiety and depression. While today I feel like I've forgiven and conquered some of my thoughts about my past, I, I still see how that time in my life plays a huge part in how I view myself today. I would venture to say that my insecurities come from this season of my life. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have a memory of something that happened years ago that feels like it was yesterday? Maybe you can remember the weather or what you were wearing or even the song that was playing on the radio at the time. Well, this story has that feeling for me. Today, I'm 34 years old, and I'm going to tell you about a memory that's so vivid for me, but at the time, I was only around 10 years old. So much of my childhood was spent in misery, and I desperately wanted people to like me. Even if someone had bullied me the day before, I would go into the next day hoping that I'd become their friend. There was this one particular boy whom I'll name John for this story that was in my class that I really wanted to be my friend, but he was one of the primary instigators of bullying. But the thing about John was sometimes he seemed like he wanted to be my friend, like genuinely wanted to be my friend. And it was only when he and another boy, which I'll name Michael, got together that they decided it would be fun to pick on me. I remember one week in particular being at home in the evening, and the phone rang. My mom answered, and it was for me. It was John. Excitedly, I jumped onto the phone and said hello, and John proceeded to invite me to the movies that Friday, and he said he wanted to go watch a movie called The River Wild. And I, I honestly had no clue what the movie was about, but I also didn't care because I had a friend who wanted to hang out. Friday came, and I remember getting ready. This is how vividly I remember this. Uh, I was wearing a black silk shirt. Man, I was so cool. It was it was classy, I know. Now, in my small town, they have the coolest thing. The movie theater is actually on top of a two-level parking garage. The top level is two-thirds the theater, and the rest is a place for people to be dropped off and picked up. I wanted to be cool, so I made my mom park across the street from the parking building that held the theater, and I told her I would I would go up from there. Being the good mom that she was, she said, I'll wait here until you get up there, and you come wave to me so I know John is already there. With enthusiasm, I exited the car, headed up to the theater, strutting as I walked, and I made my way to the top, past the drop-off area, and entered the building. But the moment I walked in the door, my stomach dropped. Standing right inside the door was John and Michael. They were literally looking at me and laughing. Only then did I realize that the whole thing was a trick to get me to the movies alone so that they could pick on me. I panicked. I didn't know what to do. I was 10 years old. My excitement had changed to anxiety, and I honestly felt alone. After a few names that John and Michael usually called me when bullying, I ran out the door. I I was just so distraught, and I didn't know where to go. Suddenly, I, I remembered my mom was waiting. I looked over the edge of the parking garage and saw that my mom's car was still sitting there. I ran as fast as I could, and I got into the car with her. I remember riding home with both my mom and I in tears. All right, now listen, I'm not telling you this story so that you feel sorry for me, but I'm telling it because it's a keystone memory for me. And when it comes to anxiety, it is monumental. Up until about four years ago, I couldn't go to the movies by myself. And honestly, I still don't prefer it. I'm sure this might sound silly to you, but I can promise you that when things like that happen to you as a kid, you will constantly have to battle your insecurity. This event in my life has affected my insecurity in three different circumstances today. And if you struggle with anxiety, I bet this will hit home for you as well. The first circumstance where my insecurity comes out is when my expectations are not met. For me in this story what I expected and what happened didn't even come close to matching up. I expected to meet John and us be BFFs forever, but that didn't happen. See when our expectations aren't met, our anxiety loves to show us our insecurities. There's a real flaw for us when we expect our expectations to be met, and honestly, we will be gravely disappointed. I want you to hear this. Life will never always, never always meet our expectations, and I'm not just talking about a traumatic moment like my situation, but in our marriages, relationships, or even the game that's being played by your favorite team. Let me put it this way. If every day I expect my wife Jerrica to have dinner on the table when I get home from work, then I'm setting her and myself up for failure. At some point, one of our kids is going to be sick or she's going to have to run to the grocery store when I get home because that was the only time that she could do a grocery pickup. I know these things are simple, but these are the ones that can get looked over the most. If I let it in, my insecurity could say that when dinner isn't on the table when I get home, then Jerrica probably doesn't care about me enough or that our kids are more important than me. Are you following with me on what insecurity does with our unmet expectations? One more example. If you expect for people to know what you're thinking or what you're feeling, then I can guarantee you your insecurities will come out. You can't expect people to know, let alone care about what you're feeling. It's just not going to work out that way. Your expectation won't be met. The second circumstance that I believe brings out our insecurities is when we're in social environments. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know this This is a big one for me. I struggle with social anxiety and my insecurities really love to come out in this setting. And this is that classic scene in a movie where the new kid comes into the cafeteria and everybody's staring at him. It's like my worst nightmare. Why does that type scene wind up in so many movies? Because it's so relatable. Not just in the high school cafeteria, but at parties, family functions, work, or even in the line at the grocery store. I've had to ask myself over the years, why does this setting bring me so much anxiety? Well, the root of it is my insecurity. See, in every single social environment, I feel that I'm being evaluated or assessed. This is a lot more obvious for me in a setting where I don't know a lot of people. But if it's people I know, I pretty well can gauge how they view me. But when it's strangers, I have a harder time. The funny thing with all of this is this type of distorted self-worth is a huge blind spot. And do you know why? I'm going to let you in and remind myself of a little secret that nobody wants to tell you. Most of the time, the only person thinking about you is you. Wait, what did you just say? People don't watch your every move. They don't analyze the hair placement on your head and wonder what your next move will be. Do you know why? Because they're thinking about themselves just like you are. People don't sit around at home wondering, what is Aaron doing or what is Aaron feeling right now? Now, in reality, there are some people who are judging you, but they're only doing that because they are struggling with their own self-worth and need to deflect to someone else to mask the pain. See, I think if we could put thought bubbles over every person's head that we come in contact with, the majority would be thoughts about themselves. Essentially, think about how you think about yourself and just remember everyone else is doing the same thing. Maybe this insecurity of self-worth is more of an insecurity leading us to self-centeredness. I want to say that one more time. Maybe this insecurity of self-worth is more of an insecurity leading us to self-centeredness. The last circumstance and probably the most common where our insecurities have a field day is when we experience failure or rejection. Have you been rejected by someone you love? Maybe a spouse who left you or a father who was absent. Have you failed at work or being there for a friend? There's so many factors that can affect this. For me personally, I constantly feel like I'm not doing enough, like my efforts are the failure. So each day, I can feel like I'm not being a good husband or father or pastor, and this can hijack my self-worth. So our insecurity really loves to come to the surface when we feel like a failure or rejected. It can make us feel unlovable when someone rejects us then it makes us gun-shy to any type of emotional relationship due to fear of being rejected again. Or say you made some bad choices when you are in college and now that failure controls your every decision. We can't let these circumstances steal our joy. We can't let anxiety use our insecurity to keep us in bondage. As always, it's great to have an awareness and understand when we're susceptible to being anxious and insecure. But something that always has to come with awareness is application. Basically, what are we going to do about it? So here are several ways to fight against our insecurity. The first would be have an awareness of moments when you are insecure. As a kid, I loved the cartoon G.I. Joe's. And if you watched it, you'll remember that they ended every episode with a public service type announcement and the line, knowing is half the battle. Well, the same thing applies with having an awareness of our insecurities. Knowing is half the battle. I can tell you that even sharing the movie theater story with you has made me insecure. It stirred feelings in me that I absolutely don't want to feel. I feel embarrassed and ashamed. But what I can say now is that I have an awareness of my insecurities. So it's important for you to take a self-assessment when you're dealing with these circumstances mentioned earlier. And have an awareness of your insecurity. Here are a few questions to ask yourself to help have an awareness. Am I an over-the-top people pleaser? Do I play out all the things I said after a conversation? Do I feel like I have to be in control? How do I feel about myself when I'm in public? The second thing we have to do is fight back Against the voice of insecurity. When insecurity says to you, no one will love you, you tell it, there are people who already love me. When insecurity says, you're a failure, you tell it, I may have had moments where I failed, but I'm a fighter and I'm going to keep trying. Albert Einstein had this to say about failure you never fail until you stop trying. Know the voice of insecurity and know the voice of truth, and smack insecurity in the face with that truth. Being able to distinguish between the two voices is essential to winning the war against insecurity. And finally, and the most important, know that you're a child of God. I know that not everyone listening to this podcast are believers in Jesus, but I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you this truth. You were created by God, made in his image, and he loves you more than any other person. He never wants you to be insecure. And honestly, if we leaned into him more, we wouldn't have such a hard time with our insecurity. The Bible says this, and I want you to listen and not just brush over this. It says in Philippians 4, 6 through 9, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You are a child of God. He is the giver of peace. Whatever insecurity you feel, give it to Him. Because God is not a slave to insecurity. He's the one that makes insecurity run and hide. Lean into that. Do you remember me saying in the story about the movie theater that my mom was waiting on me? Do you remember that she didn't go anywhere? Well, our God is the exact same way. He's waiting across the road when you feel insecure. He's ready to cry with you when you've been hurt. And he wants you to experience his peace that will guard Your heart and mind. As we wrap up here, I just have to say thank you to each of you for wanting to have peace in your lives. We can't give up. There's so much more good that can be done and that we can bring into the world. I also want you to know I appreciate you for putting up with my insecurity and allowing me to walk with you on this journey. So if you haven't done so yet, please jump over to the Facebook group, The Anxious Pastor Community. And that's a group where we share and encourage dialogue about our anxiety journey. It's also a place where I share special content like the show notes and other resources for diving deeper into this topic. Also, check out theanxiouspastor.com where I have a bi-weekly blog with some supplemental topics. And you can also follow us on Instagram at anxiouspastor. And please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. Remember, we're in this together. You are not alone, so let's get trying. (sighs)